I'm Chris Sheets, and I'm your host for the Celebrity Podcast, where we sit down with celebrities from the worlds of music, sports, TV, and movies to hear their stories about the pets they love. He was in Harper's arms the entire afternoon, just hanging out, eating all the, you know, the hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. How cool is this? Charlie doesn't even realize he's in the Prime Minister's arms. The Celebrity Podcast, available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Morning News with Sue D.L. and Andrew Schultz on 770 CHQR. Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Friday, February 14th. We begin with a look at the state of tech jobs in our city. We speak with Mary Moran, CEO of Calgary Economic Development, on why we need to focus on the sector and stay competitive with other Canadian cities and globally. Next, we travel stateside and talk U.S. politics. Jackson Proskow, Washington Bureau Chief for Global News, is in with the latest on the U.S. primaries, the coronavirus, and the many tweets of President Donald Trump. Did you forget to make plans for Valentine's Day? Well, never fear. Help is here. Calgary lifestyle blogger Ryan Massell pops by with some last-minute ideas that won't break the bank. Continuing with the Valentine's theme, if Cupid didn't find you this year, maybe it's a good time to start looking at readying yourself for love. We speak with a professional matchmaker on taking the steps to self-improvement that could lead to meeting the one. And finally, it's a trip back in time. Brett McGarry has the latest flicks to hit theaters, including Fantasy Island. The plane, the plane. Is it time for Calgary to buckle down and focus on training workers and bringing in industries other than oil and gas? Our city is falling behind when it comes to preparedness for the tech industry here and being able to fill those jobs. Mary Moran is the president and CEO of Calgary Economic Development. She's been very blunt in saying that Calgary is just not ready right now. And Mary joins us now. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. So, you know, you've you've said it. Um, those are your words. What do we do here in Calgary then to get ready, to be prepared, to start, you know, maybe a sense of urgency? Yeah, and I think um, just one point of, uh, that I would like to make uh, just with the preamble before the interview, um, uh, just an observation is, is that, you know, technology transcends across all industries. And so even in our industrial sectors like energy and agriculture and transportation that we excel at, those technologies are coming towards those industries like a tsunami. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about high tech. Um, but then we have high tech companies like Solium or now called ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley and Benevity and Atabotics, all who are hungry for talent. So, you know, we, we believe that there's a three-pronged approach and, and uh, for talent. And the first part is, is that we have to help people transition. It's our number one objective. And so if people have come out of the energy industry and been displaced, then we're running a program right now called Edge Up to help them transition into technology. And it's not just the technical training but it's also the cultural training because it's it's a much different environment both compensation and the way the hours they work etc so um you know uh, so we're really keen on getting as many people calgarians back to work as as possible and then in addition to that we're working long term with the post-secondaries and the education system to make sure we have a pipeline so the 30 million dollar contribution by david Bissett and his family to the uh, SATE Technology School, uh, Digital Technology School, is going to really help us widen the pipeline of talent coming out of the post-secondaries. And we're working with all of them on different programs. And then the last strategy is really about going and attracting talent and companies that will attract some of that talent as well. So 
Um, you know, I just spent the week in Vancouver, and they're so talent constrained there, and companies are moving there. Tech companies are moving there, and it's really they're going to hit a hit a ceiling soon that they're not going to be able to um, it, to support the growth. Mary, could this be a case that from a Calgary standpoint, we had no competition when it came to the energy industry, but when it comes to tech, basically every major city in Canada is our competition. That's right. I mean, there's a, I wouldn't say we didn't have any competition in the energy industry, but it certainly was less than it is in technology because this is a global problem, right? I mean, this is a, and what we know about our uh, talented workforce here is they're highly educated, highest concentration of engineers, but we have the lowest concentration of software engineers. And they're, we're almost at employment, full employment of software engineers, and yet the demand is, you know, we're looking across the province that we're going to need 77,000 of these types of workers in the next uh, four years. So. You just listed off a, a you know a great uh, a number of opportunities that are on the way for us and that are in our path. But is it enough? Are we doing enough, or, or do we do we sort of need to ring that alarm bell at this point? Do you think? Well, I think we're working certainly with the government of Alberta, and uh, there we've provided them with a lot of research that we've done on um, the digital. Uh, tech demands for the future and so I think that they'll be looking at this province-wide and um, looking to what are the types not just the types of jobs but how people will work in the work and learn in the future because it's going to be much more integrated than it has in the past like you know historically you'd go to get a degree and then start work where with technology you're going to have to always be going back to school to be more proficient Mm -hmm. in various other things so it's a really different structure um but I, don't, I think, you know, from us, I think the challenge, the biggest challenge we have is when we go to markets and we ask people, do you know that we have this emerging tech sector and it's, you know, not your dad's oil company or your <laughs> mom and dad's farm anymore. Like these are high tech jobs within in the sectors. Um, and I would just say low, awareness is super low across the country. Only 30 percent of the country think we have a tech sector. And so we created a campaign called Live Tech love life because we believe that the quality of life you just can't beat here i mean our opening line in vancouver is you can buy four houses in calgary for the price you can buy one in vancouver and so for young people that are starting their family particularly 30 years plus they're you know that's quite appealing because they're making a broader decision than just what is the job i want it can't, where can i raise a family and and uh, where can i afford to live so all great points thank you so much for joining us thanks for your perspective this morning You're more than welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. That's Mary Moran, President and CEO of Calgary Economic Development. 709 on the morning news. As with every Friday, we'd love to check in with Jackson Proskow, Washington Bureau Chief for Global News. All things American politics. Good morning and happy Valentine's Day to you, Jackson. Happy Valentine's Day and happy Friday. Just want to do that reset because New Hampshire primaries behind us ahead at Nevada caucuses. Who has uh, something to win or gain and who has something to lose when it comes to the Nevada caucuses, uh, Jackson? I think the takeaway here is that it's a wide-open race at this point. You know, Pete uh, Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders did really well in both Iowa and New Hampshire. Amy Klobuchar kind of came out of nowhere and surprised everyone. Joe Biden did poorly, but none of that matters because the real sort of X factor in this race is Mike Bloomberg, and he doesn't get into the race until Super Tuesday. He joined late, but he's been saturating the airwaves down here in the States with TV ads uh, and is already polling in third place. So we don't know what impact it will actually have once he's on the ballot. So, uh, 
you know, the Nevada caucuses in South Carolina, more jockeying for position with the established candidates. It all goes out the window, though, when those 14 states vote on Super Tuesday. Bloomberg is an interesting character, isn't he? And really, you know, kind of buying his way into this race for the White House. Yeah, and of course, he poses a real ethical dilemma, I think, for a lot of Democrats, because you've got a lot of wish list voters, right? You've got voters who say, hey, I want what Bernie's selling on health care, or I want what Joe Biden is selling about, uh, you know, sort of defending Obama's legacy, or uh, you've got real concerns about issues from race relations to foreign policy. But at the end of the day, if you're a Democrat, maybe the calculation is as simple as who's going to beat Donald exactly. Trump. And maybe, just maybe, you're willing to throw all those wishes out the window if you can say, hey, Bloomberg can beat Trump, I'll vote for him strictly on that basis. Biggest surprise for me, Joe Biden, and I'm reading online here that last night at a fundraiser at a Manhattan restaurant, protesters were chanting, drop out, Joe, as Joe Biden left that restaurant. Is it time for a reality check for Joe Biden? You know, I think uh, what we see is that the, the dynamic in the states that are still to come, like Nevada, South Carolina, and then the Super Tuesday states like Texas, are totally different than what we saw in New Hampshire and uh, Iowa. And that's why I think people like Joe Biden can hang in there a little bit longer and see maybe if they do a little bit better. So Joe Biden, for example, has really hung his hopes on a turnaround in South Carolina. It's a far more diverse state than, say, New Hampshire. A huge percentage of African-American voters there, and Biden really thinks that uh, he will perform better in that state. But what we've seen is Biden's share of support amongst African-American voters actually start to plummet in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is people are getting nervous about his performance so far and maybe thinking that, hey, if it's all about beating Trump, that they need to look at somebody else. Still a long way to go in that race for sure. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Attorney General, William Barr, saying that President Donald Trump is undercutting him with all these crazy tweets and making it impossible for him to do his job. And, of course, talking about Roger Stone. Yeah, this is kind of a funny little situation. It seems sort of like a bit of a fake fight because the White House came out after the fact and said, yeah, they didn't see anything wrong with what Barr said. Essentially, what Barr is telegraphing to the White House is, hey, Mr. President, I'm doing your work for you. You don't need to tell everybody about it. Just keep quiet and I'll keep on defending your interests at the Justice Department. Let's talk about uh, Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, cancelling a planned trip to the White House. And I, uh, from what I understand, it's been a couple of times that he's cancelled, uh, does not have the best relationship with Donald Trump. What's going on there? Yeah, we thought they'd be buddy-buddy, right? Trump came out and, of course, was a big supporter of Boris, a big supporter of Brexit. Uh, it seems things have fallen apart over a number of issues. One is Huawei in particular, because the UK allowed Huawei to help develop its new 5G cellular network. The US has urged countries, including Canada, not to do that. And as a result, uh, Trump has been leveling these sort of vague threats at the UK that maybe they won't be part of intelligence sharing anymore as one of the Five Eyes nations. Uh, it reportedly culminated in Trump actually slamming down the phone in the middle of a call with Boris Johnson and uh, now the two men are not set to meet until the G7 summit no official visit to Washington they've also uh, disagreed by the way over uh, the US uh, actions in Iran with respect to Qasem Soleimani and uh, there's an extradition fight going on with a US diplomat who killed a British pedestrian uh, that the US does not want to send back to the UK for prosecution so there's a bunch of issues boiling there but it's really sort of damaged this relationship and you brought up Huawei a new US charges say that Huawei stole trade secrets after doing some business in North Korea. So this is just, you know, strengthening the the problems for Canada with China after they charged the uh, Huawei CFO. 
That's right. And there's also some other reporting that suggests that uh, Huawei can essentially exploit these sort of back doors that are left in cellular networks for law enforcement to use, uh, that the company is capable of doing that. And that's one of the fears that uh, U.S. intelligence has used to justify uh, urging countries to exclude Huawei from being allowed to uh, build cellular technology in their countries. Latest numbers in this morning, and it looks like uh, the 15th case of the novel coronavirus in the USA. We're wondering on our side of the border, uh, what is being said about it? Is there panic in the streets? Uh, that's a bit much uh, for coronavirus, or is it, is it back uh, page news now? You know, it's still uh, earning a lot of attention. I would say, uh, you know, a couple things here. One is that these newest cases are in the American evacuees who were actually brought back from Wuhan. Uh, so these are people who've been under quarantine at a military base in California for exactly this type of scenario. The second thing, though, I take uh, note of is uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's with the National Institutes of Health here in the Washington, D.C. area, really in charge of sort of infectious disease control in the country. He's saying low risk to the American public. But that could still change. And the final note on coronavirus, the U.S. military has apparently uh, urged its uh, troops uh, stationed around the world to sort of start undertaking pandemic preparedness just to be on the safe side for uh, the impact that could have on U.S. forces stationed around the world. So I think it gives you a sense that it's under control now, but they're prepared that maybe it won't be in the long term. Okay, Jackson, uh, switching gears completely. It's Valentine's Day, and here in Alberta, it's the family day long weekend, so we get a double hit of uh, extra goodness. Are you doing anything for Valentine's Day, or is it business as usual for you? You know what happens when you're on the road for two weeks covering primaries and caucuses? You completely forget about it. Right. You wake up and have that oh-no moment on Friday the 14th. No doubt. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you. Have a great weekend, and thanks for joining us this morning. You too. Thank you. That's Jackson Prosco. That's Washington Bureau Chief for Global News. All right. Maybe you've been busy. Maybe it's your first Valentine's Day together, or you're just a little out of practice. Either way, it happens to be the morning of, and you have not made any plans whatsoever for the biggest date night of the year. Not to fear help is here. Ryan Massel is a Calgary-based lifestyle blogger. He joins us now live in studio. Hi, Ryan. Oh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Okay, so we're putting you to the test. Have you got some day of Valentine's Day ideas for us? Right, okay. It's not about the elaborate gifts. It's about not looking silly today. Yes. So we're going to start with something really basic, and it's a movie. Why a movie and how's that special? Well, you're going to book your tickets now in advance. So when you get to the theater, you're not scrambling for a seat with the rest of them. You're going to have something that's like kind of reasonably good right now uh, to yeah. sit in. And also, uh, right now at Chinook, they're actually doing throwback movies too. So if your loved one loves the movie The Color Purple, which is my favorite movie, uh, they're also playing that today only, uh, the oh, 14th great idea. at uh, Eau Claire. And especially if you've booked the tickets, as long yes. as you're covered then when you you're look holding like a hero. Them, you don't have the date, you could say, I had booked these two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. Here. Well, you know what? And maybe sneak in some extra sweets that they like. So get the popcorn, get the drink, but bring in, I don't know, some chocolate that maybe they like. Nice. That's, That's a great easy, idea. Easy. Yeah. You don't have to have a reservation for that. Uh, what else do you have for us? Well, if you're buying little gifts like chocolate or sweets today, hit up our locals like Master Chocolate, Fiasco Gelato, Olia. And when you're there, buy a gift certificate for a future class. All of those places, you can make your own chocolate, gelato, or uh, macarons. So buy a class for a future date. Give them the sweets today. That's so wow. smart. And you're buying local, which I love as well. And you can say macaron. 
which yeah. <laughs> whenever you say anything in French, it sounds far more romantic. Rolls right? off the tongue for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and, and then you're also doing something with your date, which is next level. Right, and it's not your fault they didn't have a class today, right? Exactly. But again, it's back to that experience, and we're all about the experience these days. For sure. Well, if you want to be romantic and have a nice setting as well, why not do public skating today? So head down to Olympic Plaza. It's free to skate there. They rent uh, skates right across the street. And then afterwards, go for hot chocolate. Right now in Calgary, they've got YYC Hot Chocolate Fest. So you can get a new kind of different hot chocolate that's only sold for these few weeks. Look at you. You're living up to your nickname, Mr. Wonderful, I tell you. Yeah, as long as you're, uh, I think your date, if your date was like an ace skater, that'd be a problem because you'd have to try to keep up. So make sure they've never uh, been figure skating before. (laughs) Yeah. Any other ideas? Because you've got, those are great so far. Yeah, you know, I think you can also do something at home. So why not charcuterie and champagne? Mm -hmm. Pick up some items, make a charcuterie board today. You can't do that. You can take your charcuterie board actually into Urban Fair downtown. They'll put one together for you. So it looks like you did it because you have your own board there. And if that's still not going to work for you, this is weird, but they have a wine bar there too. So you can actually do a charcuterie for two. $39 $39 a person, you get oysters, champagne, chocolate strawberries, and charcuterie, and make a date night there. Oh, my gosh. He's got it all covered. I know. Those are great ideas. And, you know, it's not that hard to to dig a little, find out what's going on in your city, and, and experience all these things. And you don't have to pay a ton, as you just said. Right. And all these things have room for everybody tonight. So that's the most important thing. You're not going to get left out in the cold. Love it. Also, I know you're a foodie, so uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, dining. I, it's last minute, no question. But... As far as romantic restaurants or a great date restaurant, or maybe you have a few in mind, uh, what would you say those would be in Calgary? I think anything that's easy. So something like Lulu or Bridget Bar, something that you can just kind of walk into, sit at the bar if there's no seats in the dining room, but still have a really nice atmosphere. I mean, any of the actual restaurants, let's be honest, they're going to be sold out. You're not going to get in. But the bars usually have seats that are for walk-up. So you can chance those. I don't recommend it. I say, you know what, save those for another day and have those great experiences and don't wait in line. Or order in. We just saw some stats earlier this week that people are quite into as well. Just keeping it simple this year. Totally. I mean, if you bought me a Costco hot dog and poutine, I would be like... (laughs) Delicious. Maybe a sheet cake too. (laughs) So out out of the suggestions uh, you mentioned, uh, let's uh, break down. uh, I've got an odd question for you because... Uh, I've been in this position way back in the day. You've only been dating this person for a month, maybe two Mm. months. It's fairly new. Which one of the experiences that you mentioned do you think would be less threatening? I think a movie's always unthreatening, right? You're in the public. There's people around, you know. That's true. You, you, don't, have to, you don't have to talk to <laughs> each other. Is that well, or you can go to one of those uh, those uh, theaters that have the recliners and maybe bring a blanket. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do your thing. And some of the theaters now will bring, uh, you know, a, a glass of wine or a beer to your seat, or you can take it in with you to watch the movie. So it's, it's almost like you're dining out at the same time. Totally. And, you know, there's actually one other idea, idea that sprung to mind, and I didn't want to share this with you, but we all know that Dear Evan Hansen is coming with Broadway across yeah, Canada. Yeah. There are no tickets left for that. It's going to be the hottest selling show, but they just opened a ticket lottery and they'll be offering $25 seats per night as a ticket lottery. And that is actually opening today. So get those tickets and then you can make it up when you say, look, I got us tickets in a week from now. How about last minute gifts that aren't, and I don't want to poo-poo the flower industry because it's, uh, you know, they, they need business too, but last minute gifts on the way home that aren't flowers. What do you think? Uh, anything, uh, because some people, they love the flowers. Some people say, you know what, they die, it's not worth it. Any other last-minute gift ideas that makes it look like I've really gone out of my way? 
I think the treats and sweets. There's so many locals, like mm-hmm. uh, my favorite bakery, Sweet Relief, that Ooh, sell goods. amazing cookies and cupcakes and, again, macarons. Right, right, right. <laughs> Glenn Morgan Bakery, <laughs> headed out, cheese buns. <laughs> Call ahead, reserve yours now. Maybe put them on some steaks. It'll be a bouquet of cheese buns. <laughs> exactly. Oh, see, now you're thinking. How about this? What do you guys think about this? Central Library is having a giant escape room for Valentine's Day, so you're kind of locked in with your love. Oh, so they got something on Family Day and today. Yes. Wow, I did brilliant? not hear about that. Or maybe go up to Lake Louise, snowshoeing under the stars. You can oh, do that as well. Okay, you're coming in with the heavy hitters. Hey, you're doing and Ryan's then, job for him. This one I just spotted too. Uh, this is at Devonian Gardens. They're doing the birds and the bees and the bugs. That's actually really cool. That's so, a beautiful place. So many great ideas locally. Buy local, stay local, shop local, love local. Absolutely. Great I ideas. do I do like the, the skating one is probably my favorite. Or well the movies too. Uh, but particular do you don't know, remember which theater? Is it Chinook? Did you say that has uh, a special? Eau Claire Eau Claire, is Eau Claire doing. has the special movies too. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ryan. And of course, you can find out more um, on the, the Twitter machine at <laughs> I'm Mr. Fabulous. That's at I'm Mr. Fabulous. And of course, I'm Mr. Fabulous.com. Thanks, Ryan. You are fabulous because those are fabulous ideas. Thanks for joining us this morning. Well, we're down to the wire when it comes to finding a date for Valentine's Day. If you don't have one locked down by now, (laughs) it's time to get real. And focus on finding a Valentine for next year. Maybe this is the time to focus on you to become the best future partner you can be. With some tips from a pro, we're joined by Crystal Walter of Crystal Walter Matchmaking. Good morning, Crystal. Good morning. So how can we be proactive if we're single and better our chances of meeting someone. What do you tell clients? Well, first, it is Valentine's Day, so I will suggest stay off the apps, if not today, <laughs> until Wednesday. Uh, is you this don't... desperate time? Is that why? I why do we so. stay off today? I think so. I mean, I don't want to use the word desperate. Maybe Anxious. lonely. Or you're just going to put the wrong energy out there. Okay, okay, fair. And if you want to prepare yourself to be dating in the future for next year or even for summer when it's nice out, now is the time to, you know, mentally prepare yourself, make sure you're happy and healthy and physically taking care of yourself. Because if you are working out, you look good, you feel good. And then put yourself out there, whether that be, you know, on an app or coming to a matchmaker. I think it's a great point because you can't find the right person for you if you haven't figured out you yet. Yes. And, you know, I have clients that come to me and sometimes it takes us a while to learn that they're not ready to date either. So it doesn't matter if you are going online or going to a matchmaker, just because you're making the effort doesn't mean you're going to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's timing and sometimes it is that you aren't in the right place. True. And I guess there's two different uh, roads here. One could be, I've, hey, I've been single for years, or maybe I went through a divorce and I've, I've let it uh, slide for months and months or years, or there's, I've just broken up with someone. So I guess it just depends on your scenario to begin with. Oh, well, you know what? I'll use myself as an example. I have been single for five years and I am a matchmaker. And I can honestly tell you, this is, I'm ready now. And it took me five years. Wow. Well, not everybody is ready, right? Not everyone's ready. It's it's a big commitment to be with somebody else, especially if there's, you know, baggage from the past, which most of us have some of. You know, there's a lot of learning and growing that you go through when you are grieving a partner. So whether you're with somebody for a year or 20 years, um, some people need to update their look and get back out into society. And you know what? It takes time and you got to have people that like have your back and are helping you get ready for Mm -hmm. that. You can't just go online and... Start swiping. Start swiping because otherwise you'll end up in another relationship that's not going to work out and you're constantly starting over and you won't be happy. So is it true that a rebound never works? And and how do you know if it's a rebound versus, you know, hey, I've, I've shut that off. It's not going to be a rebound. Can we define that? 
you got to be prepared for a rebound. Same thing with being prepared for dating. You got to be in the mental space for that because a rebound technically is to help you move on, just to get you out there, have a little bit of fun. But some people still get upset when the rebound doesn't work out, and then that's not a rebound. Oh, okay, All right. right? Because you're not using it for no. <laughs> or them what they're intended <laughs> for. Um, so if you do want a rebound, you again have to be prepared for it because. A rebound technically is not meant to be a relationship. It's meant to just give you a little bit of fun, put your energy in a better place, and then get you back out there for the real deal. But, but, but what if you have that rebound and you end up marrying that person and it, it worked out for you? Yahoo. That does happen. Okay. And then you know what? That's great too. Let's talk about the difference between, say, swiping, because that's what people do now, uh, or finding somebody online compared to matchmaking. What's what? What do you do as a matchmaker? How does that work? Well, you definitely have somebody else who's involved aside from all your friends. So <laughs> I'm a third party person, technically dealing with both sides. You know, we're helping, uh, coaching. Hopefully, we're helping you pick the right selections. Um, we do have different levels of where um, you can say yes or no to certain matches or where I'm picking for you. So it just depends on what you need and how much guidance. And um, we're there to help you get to the relationship goals that you're looking for. What's your typical client then? Uh, usually it's, you know, educated professionals. Um, but we do have all types and... All you know, economic backgrounds. Yes, and, yeah. Yep. Interesting. Would you say with so many choices on how to meet somebody in 2020 that it's easier than ever or it's more difficult with all these different types in, in the social media and the app versions? Oh, it's way more difficult because it doesn't matter if you go on a date with somebody and you think they're great, they could have another date in five minutes because there's how many free apps, uh, all those online ones that are basically free, they're so cheap, or there's, you know, the option of matchmaking, which I will say it's not the cheapest, <laughs> but... People still do all three. They do. They just yes. keep the options open. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I think makes it harder for people to date because there's just, you know, too many options and it makes people insecure and anxious. Number one tip, if somebody's looking, it's Valentine's Day, but maybe they think they can find someone today or they're just looking ahead to next year for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Number one tip for people to get themselves back out there. Go out. If you don't have a date, go out. It's Friday. It's the weekend. You know, go out with your friends. Go out with your family. Go to happy hour by yourself, maybe. Like, just get out and do something. Don't sit at home and don't be on the apps. What about having an open mind? Because I know that, and I'm going to be extremely sexist now, because, uh, well, because I am. Um, <laughs> ooh, sometimes I find that women that I talk to, and a lot of my uh, friends who are female, they have such a picture of exactly what they want in mind and they might be turning down potentials. The open mind thing, is that important for, for men or women? It is important for both, but I do think some people just have a type and they can't get past that. It doesn't matter what anyone does. And if that's their case, then, you know, if they can't find somebody, that's why, right? Um, being open-minded obviously is a way better option because you might really love somebody. They might not have the look that you want, but you could really love them as a person and... You know, but if you're not open-minded, you'll miss that. But as we get older, too, I think we do know what we want and what we like, right? So you need to be specific because you're, you want to settle with somebody that you are going to enjoy spending the rest of your life with. I agree, but you still need to be meeting people. So you can be, have a type, and you can have a type and be open-minded, but you can still get out and meet people. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting out and meeting people, then you might not learn that, yes. you, that you don't have a type. That's a good you point. might think you have a type, but you might not. Bottom line is get out there. Mm -hmm. Thanks for spending time with us this morning, Thanks Crystal. Thanks for having me. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, happy Valentine's. You can find Crystal's website at crystalwaltermatchmaking.com.
Wow, I like that. Some great advice because you know what? If you're not uh, all locked in for Valentine's Day, it could be a little depressing, but why not use the time? Sure, why not? You know what? And I think it's always good to be comfortable with who you are Mm -hmm. because then love just comes your way, right? Or relationships, whatever it might be. Because when you're not ready and you're not happy with yourself and any issues that you might have in your world, and let's face it, again, we do all. Why have are you them. looking at me when you said issues? I, like I was, that, I didn't, I, I didn't mean to. Um, but you know, focus on yourself, work on yourself, and then everything kind of comes your way. Best version the, of you. The power of positive thinking, right? Why not, right? Friday morning, let's check in with Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes. Hi, Brett. Hello there. Hey, four movies at the theater that are new for us this weekend. The first one I wanted to ask you about because I, I loved the TV show Fantasy Island. Is Tattoo back? <laughs> uh, no, there oh. is no tattoo. Yeah, they, they took him out of this one, as far as I understand. <laughs> oh. Because this is an interesting take. Uh, so the TV show, of course, starred Ricardo Montalban as the mysterious Mr. Rourke. And this is Bloomhouse's Fantasy Island. So this is a new scary take. Uh, Mr. Rourke still there, making the secret dreams of his guests come true at a luxurious and remote tropical resort. But the fantasies turn to nightmares. And the guests have to solve the island's mystery in order to escape with their lives. Here's a clip. The island tailors each fantasy specifically to the guest. Your life is about to change. I hope you're ready. It brought her back to life. So, interesting take on this familiar story, but there are no reviews posted yet on Rotten Tomatoes, and whenever that happens, that usually means... Stinker! It's going to be bad. I'll see it. I've I've got the uh, first two seasons, I think, on DVD. And I'm I'm guessing you didn't watch the original series, because that's what the whole premise was. Maybe not as dark, maybe not a horror flick, but... It was always the grass is always greener. Careful what you wish for. It's true. They're going to give you what you wished for. It is not going to be the way you turned out. But I'm a sucker for this, so I'll be in line for that. Our our next uh, flick has gone downhill, hasn't it? That's right. Will <laughs> Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, of course, came out together at the Oscars. And some were asking, what are they doing together? Well, it's because they've got a movie out this weekend. They have a near-death experience in an avalanche in this movie, Downhill. It looked like it was going to kill us. For a and moment. the kids were screaming because it felt like we were gonna die. Pete? Wow. And I look over at Pete, and he had grabbed his phone. Pete left us. So the avalanche <laughs> is bearing down on him. Farrell grabs his phone, and he flees, leaving his wife and children behind. Kind of kind of reminiscent of George Costanza in Seinfeld, where he pushes his way through all the children at that party. When right. Uh, so this is a remake of a Swedish movie from 2014 called Force Majeure. Apparently there's a, there's a meme out on the internet, or there's a scene of a, an avalanche that people thought was real that was actually just yanked from this movie. So I've been meaning to look that up. That movie, the original, is critically acclaimed. The new one <laughs> not so is much. not. Yeah. It's not getting the best reviews. 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it does look kind of funny if that's your sense of humor, but it's, it's probably a wait for you not to have to pay a million dollars at the theater kind of thing. Well, and I don't... That's the funny thing. Will Ferrell is so funny, but he's done so many movies that are not 
Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking uh, he did The House, I think is what it was called. That was that kind of neighborhood casino movie yep. with Amy Poehler. And I watched that. It was just okay. He did that Sherlock Holmes movie that was terrible. So here's another movie where you'd think Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I mean, they're she's comedy royalty. Yes. And he's right up there, but... Uh, apparently it's not great, so... Can't pick a winner every time. I think it still looks fun. Yeah, it does. Okay, let's talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Is this for the kids or for the adults? I think this is for both. Here's a clip of that. I'm Sonic. I'm here to protect my friends. Pew, 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 pew. Super Sonic. The government wants to dissect you and arrest me. We gotta lay low. Let me show you how it's done. I have no idea. Sonic the Hedgehog. Whoa. I'm okay. Okay, so maybe it's more for the kids. But <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog has been around for decades. He's one of the biggest video game characters there is. Uh, he was uh, he first made his debut on the Sega Genesis. I wasn't a Sega guy, so I only played the game a few times. But when I did play it, it was super fun because Sonic runs super fast, and the game was just dizzyingly entertaining. Now it's a movie, and he has to navigate the complexities of life on Earth while with his new buddy Tom, who's played by James Marsden. Sonic is voiced by a guy named Ben Schwartz. And Sonic and Tom team up to try to stop the bad guy, Dr. Robotnik, who's played by Jim Carrey, who wants to capture Sonic and harness his powers for world domination. And you might also remember the uh, the movie had to make some big changes a few months back when they revealed the first trailer. Sonic's face looked super weird and not at all like the game. And there, of course, there was an outcry, so they fixed it. Hopefully, the I mean, the movie's actually getting not bad reviews. It's at sixty three or sixty four percent right now, so that's better than I thought because most video game movies suck. We have about thirty seconds left. Tell us about the photograph. The Photograph, it's a romantic movie starring Lakeith Stanfield, who's been in all kinds of movies. Get Out, uh, he, he was in that uh, Uncut Gems movie with Adam Sandler. It's uh, about a couple that falls in love, and at the same time there are flashbacks where we see the woman's mother uh, falling, or the woman's parents falling in love as well. That one's getting the best reviews of the weekend, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Awesome, Brett. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Happy ha Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Have a great weekend. Brett McGarry of The Couch Potatoes.